Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News for Tuesday, July 13, 2021. Stand up for your country. So as you know, we uh, keep track of uh, President Biden's schedule every day. And he went to Philadelphia today. Um, he doesn't have anything else on the schedule. Um, he went there to, uh, quote, give a speech on protecting the sacred constitutional right to vote, unquote. Yay. Sacred constitutional right to vote. And Joe Biden is going to protect it for us. I'm I'm very happy. How about you? You pleased with that? Uh, The problem is that um, President Biden uh, thinks that drive through voting uh, is okay, And he thinks that you don't really need an I.D., to show that you're an American citizen in order to vote. Mm, uh, you know, no. So I, I'm thinking back to 17, what, 92 or something like that, uh, when maybe we had the covered wagons uh, kind of galloping up to the polling place and handing out the vote to some person. Oh, thank you. Instead of just kind of walking into a polling place where there can be some regulation, where computers tabulate the votes in an orderly manner. No, 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 we have to drive through now. Maybe we get a milkshake. Uh, Maybe we could have a a kiosk there along with your ballot. Come on. This is just blanking nonsense. All right? I mean, if you want to vote, you should have two ways to vote. By mail, And whatever the state says you have to do to vote by mail, you do. And the second is you go to the polling place like I do. You see your friends and neighbors. You go into a place where there's a curtain. You vote and you go boom. And they tabulate it right there. That's all. No drive through. No, we we don't need that. We'd like to cut down on voter fraud, right? Joe Biden, president of the United States, wouldn't you kind of like cut down on it? Make it harder to steal votes? Wouldn't that be a good thing? That's kind of like the sacred right to vote, that all votes are legitimate. Not kind of sneaking in and having boxes here and there, and three weeks after the vote, we still don't know because... That sack over there hasn't been counted yet. No, no. One day, you should have a little run up to the day, maybe two weeks. All right. And then after election day is over, that's it. No, no late votes. No. All right. You either vote or not. And to say that minorities can't get an ID is insulting to minorities, isn't that? I mean, you know, everyone in this country can get an identification of some kind free, right? So what, minorities can't get it? They can't figure it out? How biased is that? Well, all right, so Joe Biden wasted our time, wasted our taxpayers' money, Air Force One had to go and come back and all that. It was simply nothing. What he should have been talking about And by the way, let me get this out of the way, and I'll tell you what he should have been talking about. Jill Biden is going to the Olympics uh, to head the U.S. delegation. Uh, The Olympics begin on July 23rd. So she'll go, 
maybe a day or two in advance. And uh, Joe's not going. No Joe at the Olympics. Now, that's okay. Because if you want to be fair, and I always do, 2006, Laura Bush went. 2012, Michelle Obama went. Uh, 2018, Mike Pence and Second Lady Karen Pence went. So Joe's busy. I don't know what he's busy doing, but he's busy. Can't go. Jill's going, and I hope she has fun. Watch the COVID, Jill. Everybody in Japan's got COVID. No vax there. All right, so what Joe should talk about is the terrible inflation uh, in June. Worst report in 13 years. Now, I'm not going to be a pinhead about this because I know your inflation and your eyes glaze over, but this really affects you directly, okay? So the Consumer Price Index increased 5.4% from June to June 2020. Big jump. So you know, I know, we all know, except Joe, because Joe doesn't pay for gas, uh, that gas up buck, maybe a buck and a half more than it was this time last year. We all know that. Food up, pretty big. And you know what they're doing with the food? So a lot of companies don't want to raise prices on food, so they put less in the cereal box or in a candy bar, or whatever it may be. Put fewer things. So I'm hoping you don't know. That's inflation. You pay the same price, but you get less. So my wallet, when this came in, jumped. So I got dollar bills in my wallet, and they're not worth as much as they were in December 2020, just eight months ago. Okay? So Joe is in charge. Joe Biden. Shouldn't he be speaking about this? Like, here's my plan. Here's my plan to get inflation under control. So you don't have to pay more at the gas pump, at the grocery stores, and a restaurant. Now, the, if you want to buy a car, don't buy the car now. Car prices are like crazy because they can't get the parts and the factories aren't up, all of that. But the main driver of inflation is that Joe and his legislation is pumping trillions of dollars into the economy so the feds can send money to everybody. Now, some of that had to happen with COVID. We know that. But just like six, seven trillion. Yeah, keep it up. Pump, pump. Now, when you pump that much money, when the Fed and the Treasury Department physically makes that much money, the money already in circulation goes down in value because these dollars flood in. That's what it is. I'm no economic genius, but I understand that. Now, final word on this. If this continues, and I believe it will, the Democrats are absolutely toast in the 2022 midterms. They'll get just wiped out. And even states like New York and California, Massachusetts, Michigan, you know, these kinds of places, Illinois. The folks are going to go, you know what, this isn't working out. These woke Democrats, these people, you combine the border, you combine crime, you combine the race tensions, you combine everything, and now uh, gas is 4 or $5 a gallon, not working. That's what's going to happen. Now, if the Democrats lose the House and the Senate, believe me, and you know, it's razor thin now. So uh, then Joe, is he won't even have to go anywhere. He'll just sit there in the Oval Office going, hi, I'm Joe. Sacred duty to vote. High, because he'll never get anything through. That includes the Supreme Court. That includes anything. He can write as many executive orders as he can. The state governor is just going to go, eh. So 
I hope that happens. I have to say, I'm not an ideologue. You know that. Um, but I think Joe Biden is really a bad president so far. Maybe he'll make a stunning comeback. And if he does, I will tell you. Okay, let's bring in a guy who really knows about your money. His name is Alex Green. He is the Oxford Club Chief Investment Strategist. Now, um, full disclosure, I do business with Oxford Club. I've known Alex for years. I've been with the club since 2003. That's 18 years. They've done very well for me. It's a financial newsletter. Don't want you guys to know that up front. But when I want to know something about the economy, I ask Alex because he's a smart guy. And, you know, when I first joined Oxford Club, they didn't know. Bill O'Reilly, it could have been a million Bill O'Reilly. They didn't know it was me. And then they kind of figured it out maybe a decade later. But anyway, here's Alex, and he's coming to us from Virginia. So would you add anything on the inflation front? Did I cover it so everybody could understand it? I think you did. 5.4% is the headline number. Biggest increase in inflation in 13 years. And that was before uh, the big recession of 2008. That's when the inflation number hit its high mark um, 13 years ago. And then boom, do you expect a boom now? Do you expect a big recession in the Biden administration? Uh, Well, we we have a a lot of good things going for the economy right now. We have ultra low interest rates. We have enormous post-pandemic consumer demand. We've got all this fiscal stimulus, too much fiscal stimulus, really. I mean, we learned during the Obama administration that a crisis was a, a terrible thing to waste. Now we're learning that Democrats think a record recovery is a terrible thing to waste, too, with all the trillions of dollars in spending they have lined up. Um, But it's just a a combination of a strong economy, low interest rates, uh, and people are, the markets are thinking that this inflation is transitory. That's that's the word the Federal Reserve keeps using, but we'll we'll see just whether inflation is here to stay for a while or whether it's going to just be a passing phase. I I don't see it being a passing stage, Alex, because there's no solution to it. If you're going to wipe out the fossil fuel industry, which the Biden administration certainly wants to do, and you're going you're basically saying to the American people, we're going to make a bet that this is going to help on global warming. So we're going to wipe out the fossil fuel industry in the sense that no more drilling on public lands. We're going to make regulations. So everything's going to be higher. Once gas and um, energy goes higher, everything goes higher. You know that everything in the right. country and, and are... hinges off that. So so right. prices <laughs> have to keep rising under this kind of a climate. And Biden can't back off now. He's the global warming warrior. Right, right. Now, I would agree with that. The increase in the price of energy, oil and gasoline, was a big part of the jump in inflation. But even if you take the volatile food and energy out of that number, core inflation was still up 4.5%. So that's much higher than what economists were expecting. All right. So I'm not expecting any relief from the Biden administration. I'm not predicting a recession because you do have a, a post-COVID world where there will be more spending by the consumers. People will be out and about more. But they're going to have to. What's going to happen is the working man and the poor man and woman are going to be more impoverished because the little they have is going to shrink in value. So fat cats, that doesn't bother them so much. They lose 5 percent. So what? But if you're just living from paycheck to paycheck and your right. paycheck doesn't go up, but your expenses do, that's going to hurt 
the working class, is it not? Absolutely. Their money is not going to go as far. That's the whole thing with inflation is your, your money's not worth as much when you go to spend it. So, so yes, it, it hurts consumers and uh, absolutely is something that uh, needs to be considered and uh, will be a big factor in the, in the midterms next year. Okay. Now, I have a, a, a fairly robust audience all over the world, and most of uh, the people who watch us have assets. I mean, we're, we're a program that you really have to have some kind of frame of reference and, and, and people know what's going on. Many people are afraid, I know that because they write me, um, that there is going to be a recession. The stock market is going to tank. Are you, Alex Green, in your portfolio, in your family planning, are you protecting yourself at all from the possibility of the stocks going down and a recession kicking in? Well, that's always a possibility because no one can consistently forecast what the economy is going to do or time the ups and downs of the stock market. So, so yes, I am protecting myself. Every investor should be diversified. You've got something to take advantage of the good times and something to protect your assets during the bad times. Uh, I will say this, that well, when we have higher inflation, people say, well, now's the time for gold or for commodities or for real estate. But the, the truth of the matter is the highest returning asset of all time in, in inflation and non-inflationary times is a diversified portfolio of common stocks. And the reason okay. for that is... Yeah, you've said that many times, and I don't want you to give financial advice, but I, I put stop losses on my stocks, all right? And you recommend doing that, maybe 15, oh, yeah. especially if you have profit, yes. you got 15%, 20% profit. So you, you tell your broker, you sell the stock if it hits this level, all right? So you keep... Yeah most of the profits that you have. But a lot of people have mutual funds, particularly in IRAs and, and, and 401ks and things like that, where they, they don't have stocks. And those people are going, you know, if I, I'm 77 years old, I'm, I'm coming to the end, but if I get killed and I have my, a lot of assets and stocks, it's really gonna hurt. Is there anything, any advice you have for those people? Well, aside from the diversification, which is a key part of that, you shouldn't be fully invested in stocks if you're in your late 70s, for instance. But uh, but the stocks you, you mentioned are a wonderful tool to protect yourself with your individual stocks and your exchange-traded funds or ETFs. And, and all that means is as long as the stock is trending up, you continue to hold on. But if it drops, for instance, 25% in value, you would sell at the market. You don't just ride something all the way back down and let your profits right. slip through your fingers. So just a tool that you can use to make sure that if the market keeps going up, you're still participating. If things flatten out, start going down, you've limited your losses and protected yeah. your profits. But the mutual funds offer no protection. So you're in, you're in, whatever happens, the funds reflect what happens. Final question for you. Um, you wrote a column a few weeks ago on the attack on wealth in America. So we all know right. the socialist movement, Bernie Sanders, AOC, uh, Biden, maybe he's not a socialist, but he certainly sympathizes with that crew. Um, and there's an attack on wealthy people. My problem is that many wealthy people, visible, you know, are arrogant and they're greedy and they put forth a terrible example. And people, even maybe conservative, traditional people, find it very hard to be sympathetic to that. So. When Biden comes out and says, oh, I'm going to take more money from them. When they die, I'm going to come in and take what, they're, what they have and, and all of this. There's not an overwhelming resistance to that anymore in America, is there? 
No, but but then I, you know, Bill, when I was a young man, even as a kid growing up, my I looked at people who were economically successful as someone that I wanted to emulate. I, I thought, you know, there goes someone who maybe is a little sharper, maybe worked a little harder, maybe took some bigger risks. And I, I do think the mainstream media creates the impression that anybody who has become economically successful, and there's a lot of them, according to the Spectrum Group, uh, there are over uh, 13 million millionaire households who have a net worth of a million dollars or more, excluding their, their primary residence. Uh, and the idea that these people are all just greedy and selfish, I mean, I'm sure it describes some wealthy people, but I know a lot of very, very modest, humble, uh, wealthy people. But we know that it's not that they're the, the greediness and the selfishness that got them where they are, because if you're greedy, no one's going to give you a dime until you provide a product or service or labor to that they'll pay for. And you don't get uh, rich by being selfish and thinking about yourself, you get rich by thinking about other people. What do they want? What do they need? How can I provide them with something better, something faster, something longer lasting? I, I agree with you, but well. the, the problem is that the, the hardworking millionaires, the people who have built themselves up like me, I mean, I had zero money coming out of Boston U uh, with a broadcast journalism degree. I had to borrow money to buy gas to get in Scranton, Pennsylvania, my first job. Not a sob story. I succeeded in a marketplace, and I believe in capitalism. But when you have uh, social media companies, tremendous wealth, billionaires, right? And they use their wealth and power to suppress freedom of speech, to ally themselves with uh, progressive units, to uh, push the woke philosophy. These people are doing a lot of damage to the upper echelon of uh, earners in the United States because the association is that they're dangerous. They have too much right. power, too much money, and that they're intruding on all of our freedoms, which in some cases is true, is it not? Right, right. Now, I do think it's a shame, Bill, that some people who've been very fortunate and worked hard and been successful uh, have demonized capitalism for others, and it's it's a shame. And I think the, the biggest part of this is what economists call the lump sum fallacy which is that if somebody like a Bill Gates or Oprah Winfrey has more than the rest of us necessarily have less, and that's simply not true. Money grows, wealth increases over time. That's why the GDP increases. That's why median incomes go up. That's why household net worth, which had a record up $13.5 trillion last year, goes up. So it's not a matter of, of those greedy people are taking money that would be going to the rest of us. It's that we can all become wealthy if we follow the habits that yeah, you if you if you do what's built. necessary. But some of us don't have the ability, unfortunately, to do that. They can get a skill and they can make a nice living. Final question. You, you write about ProPublica, this far left uh, journalism outfit that got leaked uh, tax returns from the IRS, which is clearly a federal crime. But I don't think yes. the Biden administration is going to prosecute ProPublica or try to find out who leaked those uh, IRS things. We live in a country that doesn't really enforce the law anymore. We see that everywhere. Uh, Last word. No, it, it, it's a good reason for abolishing the IRS. You would think if as a American taxpayer that your return when you submit it to the IRS is private and will stay that way and that it's not going to be hacked and then published. Uh, and what ProPublica did, of course, was to create resentment against wealthy people by taking their income taxes and dividing it by their total net worth, which no one pays income taxes on their net worth, uh, and making it look as if the wealthy don't pay yeah, they don't, taxes. They don't pay, right. But that's what ProPublica does. So where's the Justice Department going in and saying, hey, you published uh, private materials, a federal crime, come with me, here are the handcuffs. They won't do that, will they? Yeah.
No, I would like to see that, but no. Yes. Okay. And that's the corruption of our country right now. All right, Alex, thanks very much. We always appreciate having you on and stay strong. Thanks for having me. Let's go out to South Bend, Indiana, Notre Dame, perhaps the most famous Catholic college in the world. Uh, the fighting Irish. Uh, I don't know if I'm offended by Irish people fighting. Uh, it's kind of a cliche, a cultural appropriation. They have a little leprechaun like logo like this. What's with the leprechaun telling all Irish people are short? I mean, and they all have a green hat. That's outrageous, right? <laughs> anyway, listen to this controversy at Notre Dame. So uh, Chick-fil-A, that's a good fast food place. All right, I get the uh, chicken nugget things with the little sauce they have. Too much sugar in the sauce, but once in a while, fries are good. Uh, you know, it's good. And they're organized and efficient. The people who uh, work there are good, nice anyway. So a bunch of students uh, at Notre Dame said, hey, you know, we want to have a Chick-fil-A because we got other fast food on campus. Uh, we live in South Bend, and it's a long ride to Chicago. So let's get a little Chick-fil-A. All right? And they... Student government said, no. Why? Because the CEO of Chick-fil-A, a guy named Dan Cathy, is a conservative guy. And he doesn't believe in gay marriage. And because he doesn't believe in gay marriage, he's a human rights violator. See, that's the linkage in the cancel culture. So a bunch of students, and I'm sure faculty members as well, 180 signatures, Students, staff, and alumni, that's all they got was 180. They should have a lot more than that. They said, no, no, no. We can't have a human rights violator's company on the campus of Notre Dame. But Notre Dame is a Catholic college, and uh, the Catholic church does not believe in gay marriage. So Mr. Cathy, his belief system aligns with the belief system of Notre Dame in theory. Now, just because you're Catholic college, I guess half the student body is not Catholic. You don't have to be Catholic, but it's run by the church. All right. So now I'm saying to myself, ooh, this is pretty interesting. So they're going to ban Chick-fil-A or they want to. Some students do at a Catholic college, which doesn't believe in gay marriage. So the overarching story, and I'll follow it for you. I don't know how it's going to come out, but I assume the uh, people who run Notre Dame will cave and won't bring in Chick-fil-A. That's their tendency is to do that. Um, the, if you hold a belief, a theological belief, by the way, that gay marriage, no, that's not what we believe. We believe that man and woman comprises marriage. It's a sacrament in the Catholic Church. Matrimony is a sacrament. Now, certainly the church is right for that belief. And anybody who's in the church, you're free to believe it or not. But you, if you're gay and you're Catholic, you can't get married in the church. They will do it. But you're not a human rights violator if you hold a belief in traditional marriage. But in the eyes of the American media and the loon progressive left, you are. And you should be hurt. Now that brings us back to persecuting religion something the Founding Fathers were very well aware of, because that's what was going on in Europe, one of the reasons we broke away. So I want everybody to think about this. It's an interesting story. So in New York, uh, they have uh, the New York Thruway and a bunch of highways. They have rest stops. 
And in the rest stops, you got McDonald's, Burger King, whatever. They want to have a law, the far left Democratic legislature in Albany, no Chick-fil-A on the New York rest stops. Now, this is purely a political play here. Now, anything to do with religion. And I'm sure that'll happen. Teachers union. Oh, everybody hates the teachers unions, right? Okay. So I saw this this morning. I went, whoa. The teachers union, probably the most far left union in the world, not just in a country, the NEA, they had an annual meeting and they voted on whether the vax, COVID vax, should be mandatory for all teachers. And they voted it down. No. So the teachers union say, no, we're not going to have mandatory vaccinations for our people. And we're not going to have mask wearing either, mandatory. Interesting. Okay. So the National Education Association, NEA, largest labor union in the nation, 2.3 million members, says no vax mandatory and no mask mandatory. Enter New York City and the communist mayor, Bill de Blasio. Um, so Bill de Blasio is a standard issue, far left progressive. Okay. And back on October 4th, 2020, all right, he was a big, big shutdown for cause of COVID restriction, restriction, restriction guy. I mean, de Blasio loved this. Oh, he loved it because he could make, tell everybody in New York city, all eight and a half million people, seven and a half now a million a split. Okay, what to do? Roll the tape. But at the same time, uh, act aggressively because we've learned over and over from this disease that it is important to act aggressively. And when the data tells us it's time for even the toughest and most rigorous actions, we follow the data, we follow the science. Oh, they follow the data and they follow the science, said Bill de Blasio. Tough. You can't come out of your house. Don't open that restaurant. Okay, but now... The CDC says that vaccinated kids and teachers should not have to wear masks in the New York City public schools, the largest in the nation. What does Bill de Blasio say? Quote, we're sticking with the idea that wearing the mask is a smart thing to do. We'll keep assessing as we go along. But now it still makes sense. Well, where's the science, Bill? I got to tell you, now, I know a lot of people can't afford private schools. I know. I, in a million years, I would drive a cab for 17 hours a day in order not to have my kids attend New York City public schools. I don't care what school it is. Oh, yeah. Okay. So the United Nations is a joke. I don't know if that's fair. They provide services for children that are good. They provide some peacekeeping forces that have done some positive things, particularly in Africa. It's not totally ridiculous. But for an organization of this size, the United Nations all over the world, it doesn't do anything. And there's just trillions of dollars wasted by this organization. So now there is a woman named Michelle Bachelet. She is the UN human rights chief. There's Michelle. She's a a Chilean 
All right. And she's been there for three years. Michelle has. So she issues a statement this week that says, quote, establishing the truth about legacies and their impact today and taking steps to address this harm through a wide range of reparations measures is crucial to healing our societies and providing justice for terrible crimes. Measures taken to address the past will transform our future. So Michelle Bachelet wants reparations everywhere for all aggrieved minority people. Everywhere. So you and me, even though we didn't have anything to do with slavery or deprivation, we didn't have anything to do with it at all. We have to pay through higher taxes, through levies, whatever it may be, for reparations, according to Michelle. And this is going to transform our future. I'll tell you how it's going to transform our future. It's going to make people hate each other. That's what reparations will do. Now, I should get reparations from London because my family in County Cabin got their two acres of farm seized by the crown. And that caused the patriarch of the family, James O'Reilly, to die. And his two sons to starve along with their mother. So they had to come to America alone, the two sons, 16 years old. So London should be sending me a check for all those years. This happened in the 1860s for the land that they took, they stole. No. Am I not entitled to reparations from London? What happened to my family? I can document it. I got all the documentation. But I'm white. See? No, I'm not. I'm Michelle. I'm not an indigenous person, not African-American, not Hispanic-American, not Asian-American. I'm a white guy. But everybody in Ireland's white. Crown didn't care. They just took all the land. See, Michelle can't answer that. But she sounds so noble, so woke. She's so woke. Divisive. And talking about divisive, this day in history, July 13th. 2013, the hashtag BLM first appears in civilization. So Black Lives Matter ramped up today, eight years ago. Now, what's happened in those ensuing eight years? Well, number one, three women started it, Alicia Garza, Patrice Cullors, and Opal Tometi. There they are. Not exactly the Supremes, but I don't want to say anything more. Um, I will tell you that Patrice Cullors had to quit and she was booted because she amassed a multi-million dollar real estate portfolio in Southern California. Well, how did you do that? Nobody knows. I think it might be because corporations have given BLM up until the first of this year about 100 million. (laughs) So why would corporations... Um, Amazon, Microsoft, Gatorade, Airbnb, Warner Records, Ritz Crackers, Ritz Crackers. Why would they pump hundred million dollars into Black Lives Matter when 
that group sponsors rallies like this. Go. Uh huh. Pigs in a blanket, fry them like bacon. Talking about the police. Now, not all Black Lives Matter adherents are bad. I have to tell you, and this is my failing, when I see a Black Lives Matter sign on a lawn or a bumper sticker, I get a negative feeling. That's not fair. All right? There should be organizations in America that point out injustice directed towards minority peoples. We need those. But in my humble opinion, Black Lives Matter does the opposite. It stokes hatred. And if you are a Marxist organization, you are working against democracy. There are no Marxists, government, anything, that believe in freedom. The Marxists seize private property. That has to be done by the gun. People aren't going to give you their house and their cars and everything like that. The gun has to be pointed at you, which it was in Cuba. And by the way, the communist government in Cuba is now cracking down on the protesters we saw earlier this week. Cracking down means they're beating them up, they're arresting them, they're giving them a hard time. That's what Marxists do. So Amazon, Microsoft, Gatorade, Ritz crackers, Coca-Cola. Ah. <sighs> anyway, that's her anniversary, eight years of BLM. Quick break, back with mail and a final thought in a moment. Did you know every day is a perfect day for peace of mind? With American Home Shield warranty, you are covered for unexpected breakdowns like leaky faucets or faulty water heaters. Choose a plan that fits your budget and rest easy knowing repairs and replacements are taken care of. Simply contact American Home Shield when an issue arises and their trusted pros will handle it according to your coverage. Don't let worries about appliances and home systems weigh you down. Celebrate the reassurance of protection. Don't worry, be warranty. For 20% off plans, visit ahs.com slash bill. For more details, see ahs.com slash contracts for coverage details, including limit amounts, fees, limitations, and exclusions. New Jersey residents, the product is being offered is a service contract and is separate and distinct from any product or service warranty, which may be provided by the home builder or manufacturer. All right, let's go to the mail on the message board. James, the media is our biggest enemy. Always expect Democrats and radical left to pester us, but lying media is our cancer. We need to publicly cancel them. Well, that's not going to happen. I mean, you can walk away from them. I have. I certainly have. My media consumption is about 80% down than it was four years ago. I, I just, even 60 Minutes, I, I don't watch anymore. I'm, I'm stunned. I, that used to be my favorite show. I don't, I don't trust it. Don't watch it. Um, but you're not going to cancel them. Susan, Bill, I deeply disapprove of the disrespect that is shown towards our country by athletes during the national anthem. I wonder, though, whether more of our athletes would try to sing the anthem if it was easier to sing. 
lip sync it. <laughs> you know, this off my uh, commentary yesterday about Italy and Britain, all their athletes sang the national anthem. Carol Harrington, Rochester, New York. Um, I loved your column this week entitled Wake Me When It's Over. Well, you love the humorous slant. The wokes need to wake up. Once I took Aunt Jemima off the syrup bottle, I was out. I don't I have mixed feelings. I, I don't like cliches, like I said with the at Notre Dame with the leprechaun. I don't, it doesn't offend me. Aunt Jemima, I, I don't know. Uh, Rich Renzing, um, where do you live, Rich? Texas, someplace near Dallas. Bill, you keep saying that everyone should be vaxxed. Number one, Rich, I never said everyone should be vaxxed. Okay? I said I'm vaxxed. You mentioned there are those who don't know what's going on and those who believe vax is all part of a conspiracy. What about those, including myself, who had COVID and have the antibodies? The problem with that, Rich, and I appreciate your question, is that the medical authorities don't know how long the antibodies are going to last. They don't know. Now, you could say, well, they don't know how the vax, how long the vax is going to last. Yeah, okay. I mean, and if you have the antibodies and you don't want to get vaxxed, I don't, I don't object to that. I, I, maybe you get a little card that says I have the antibody. I don't know. But for our society in general, it is better to be vaxxed. Who is there for the families left behind when a service member or first responder dies or is catastrophically injured in the line of duty? Who is helping our nation's homeless veterans? And who is helping our nation keep its vow to never forget 9-11? I'll tell you who. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation. The Foundations in the Line of Duty programs honor our nation's heroes and their families. That includes its Gold Star, Fallen First Responder, Smart Home, and Homeless Veteran programs. The Foundation's Never Forget programs engage people in 9-11 remembrance across America, over 80 runs, walks, and climbs a year, dozens of golf outings and barbecues, and the Tunnel to Towers 9-11 Institute is helping to educate kids in kindergarten through 12th grade about our nation's darkest day, 9-11. More than 95 cents of every dollar you donate to Tunnel to Towers goes to its programs. This charity keeps its word and honors our nation's greatest heroes. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, T.org. Ruth Brock, Jordan Valley, Israel. Stay safe over there, Ruth. I fail to understand why all those countries you mentioned in, on the Nosebin News, especially with the upcoming Olympics in Japan, do not have the vaccine. Because the doses that were created were created for America. The contract was between the Trump administration, the federal government, and Moderna, Pfizer, J&J. It's a contract, written contract, that they supply this amount of vax for this amount of money. Other countries didn't have that contract. Now, Biden's sending vax over, but, you know, it's Americans first. That was the deal. And that's why the vax is in everywhere. Maybe in two years it will be. Kenneth McEwen, Edmond, Oklahoma. I've been watching for a while now. O'Reilly's at the top of his game. His last few programs have been really informative and awesome. Awesome. Okay. Killing the mob was pretty good. Pretty good? We got word today, publishes weekly, very left-wing magazine. Number one again. Number one again. 11 weeks. Yay. Killing the mob. Okay. 
Craig, hey, Bill, Eagles, my favorite band of all time. My last wishes are to have the song Take It Easy played at my funeral. Well, at your funeral, you'll be taking it easy, Craig. Back with a final thought on tonight's All-Star Game in a moment. Hey, guys, it's Vivek Ramaswamy here, inviting you to listen to my podcast, Truth. We just relaunched it after the campaign, and we are already riding up the podcast charts. Here's why. I think that hard, in-depth conversations about the tough issues is the only way we're going to get this country back. Because make no mistake, we are currently in a war for the future of America, and you cannot win a war unless you're willing to speak the truth. If you want standard conservative talking points, this podcast is not for you. But if you want to go deeper and hear the conversations you're not going to find anywhere else, the conversations that will challenge you, that will challenge me, then subscribe to Truth with Vivek Ramaswamy on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I promise you, you're going to cover terrain that you're not going to hear elsewhere. Okay, I forgot to give you the word of the day, lugubrious, L-U-G-U-B-R-I-O-U-S. Don't be lugubrious. And I forgot to tell you that Killing the Mob, if you become a premium or concierge member or upgrade your membership or renew your membership, you give Killing Mob free also, Killing the Killers should be out in November. You get that for your choice. All of that stuff in our store on BillOReilly.com. All right, here's the final thought of the day. So a lot of Americans were angry, and I wasn't angry, but I was annoyed, when Major League Baseball moved the All-Star game from Atlanta, Georgia, to Denver, Colorado. No need to do that. Atlanta and uh, Georgia passed a new voting law to tighten up, as we talked about earlier, Um, and to lessen potential fraud. And it's not onerous. It doesn't disenfranchise anybody. It's just a bunch of bull that the progressive left latches on to this. You're persecuting blacks. So anyway, Manfred, the guy who runs uh, Major League Baseball, you know, he's going to fold, you know, because there are many, many minorities playing, all right, Hispanics and blacks, and he's going to do what they want. So they moved the uh, game to Coors Field in Denver, which is a beautiful park to watch a game if you ever get a chance. Even if you don't like baseball, just sitting there going, wow, what a nice place Coors Field is. So I'm out to watch a game, not because I'm protesting. It's just I want to send a message. I think this will be the lowest rated all-star game of all time. I remember in 1967, my mother surprised me, and I was a fanatical baseball guy. My mother was a saint, and I know she's in heaven said, Bill, I have tickets for the All-Star Game at Shea Stadium. Oh, I couldn't believe it. One of the highlights of my youth. Anyway, I'm not watching the game tonight. I'll think about my mom because I didn't like what Manfred did. And I don't mind if you watch it. I'm not boycotting it. I may kind of look in on Otani, Otani, the Japanese player who both pitches and hits amazing home runs. I mean, this guy is just an athlete from outer space, Otani. Um, And he's worth watching. And he's going to start pitching, going to start the game for the American League. Because the American League and the National League, they know people are mad. They know this is going to be the lowest rated game ever. And a lot of players aren't showing up. Not because they're mad about politics. They just don't want to play in the All-Star game. They'd rather have a rest. So anyway, I thought I'd bring all of this to your attention. I might peek at Otani, see how he does uh, in the first inning. He'll only pitch one. Then he's going to stay in the game as a DH designated hitter. 
All right, I hope you enjoyed the broadcast tonight, and we'll see you tomorrow.